You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Voice crack there, your team every day. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. You might see me pointing to it right now. That means you're watching the old YouTube. I am, of course, known for some of my baseball work over at Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or most importantly, just baseball. Uh, thank you for making Lockdown Potters your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's a good one, ladies and gentlemen, because we've got to talk about what occurred this weekend. And most importantly, Sean Manai, ladies and gentlemen, AJ probably that's right. He's back. He's been in the, he's been in the corner. He's been taking jabs. You know what I mean? Left and right. You know what I'm saying? He's been trying to hide in the corner. He's been getting beaten to a bloody pulp, you know, and all right, I should probably not compare him to Muhammad Ali, but I will compare him to, like, Adam from Real Steel. Comes back out when everybody's not expecting it and throws a punch, and this punch came in the form of Sean Maniah. We're going to be talking about that and talking about Mr. Uh, Ground Ball Gremlin slash the Padres' first, bash, ba- first baseman, who must not be named, have some of the drama of that unfolded over the weekend. Going to be talking about that and the Padres' rotation and what have you. So, fun episode. Let's get to it. First... Let's talk about what the trade entailed. The Padres received Sean Manaya, obviously, uh, from the Oakland A's in exchange. Oh, Sean Manaya and Aaron Holiday in exchange for Adrian Martinez and Uribiel Angeles, who I have talked about on this show. Padres prospect. He is viewed, depending on where you go, as maybe the 10th best prospect in the Padres system or a little bit outside, around, say, the 12 to 13 range. But he's certainly not a golden egg. He's expected to be some sort of, you know, a player who hits for a good batting average but does not provide nearly any pop and plays an okay maybe second base because he doesn't quite have the arm strength to play maybe shortstop or third base necessarily. That is what people believe. But even still so, for Shamanaya, though, this is not a deal that I think Padres fans should be freaking out. They did not give up one of their goal and prospects. And that's the exciting part with this, right? The Padres have been not desperately in need of starting pitching, but they needed to make a move. Uh, a lot of teams have made a move this offseason, and the Padres were not one of them, right? But let's talk about Shamanaya. Why don't we? Okay, so... Speaking of moves, all right, AJ Prowler has been, like I said, taking jabs, and a big reason for that is because, you know, you're wondering, uh, is this guy, you know, has he won any trades recently? The Trent Grisham trade, eh, are we sure that's a total win? Mike Clevenger, obviously, who we'll be getting into a little bit later, um, you know, you Darvish, Blake Snell, not necessarily someone who's been winning a lot of trades lately, and Lord knows, the first baseman's contract, probably the biggest blemish on his resume, but Shamanaya. I think a very, very solid pitcher. All right, let's break it down, right? He had one of his best seasons ever. He struck out 194 batters, which is a little bit over a batter per inning, which is very good. 1.23 whip and a 3.91 ERA, which was the second lowest um, in his stint in the majors. No, was that the third lowest? Third lowest in his stint in the majors. His first year, granted, he didn't pitch as many times uh, in his first year back in 2016, but he had a 3.59 in 2018. and 2019, he fell... Um, 
he did okay uh, with a 1.21. He was quite good. Granted, that was 2020, so I don't know how to view that necessarily. But uh, he definitely increased his strikeout rate. And one thing that's always been good with Shamanaya is his health and the fact that he does not walk anybody. So that is very, very good having a guy who can just be someone who's just reliable in a lot of ways. And the Padres need some reliability. And don't get me wrong. I like their rotation. I think it's really solid. I think they have a lot of interesting players in the rotation. But it is true that... Well, let's have someone that we at least kind of feel like we know what we're going to get. A reunion with, of course, Padres new manager, Bob Melvin. Uh, that is really great, them coming out of Oakland. And if I'm an Oakland fan, look, uh, yeah, yet again, we're just trading away uh, more people. Um, the Oakland A's are criminals as far as I'm concerned. The fact that they're probably, uh, based on you know the time of recording this, just one move away from being below $30 million, which would make them the lowest uh, payroll in all of Major League Baseball, which is clearly what they're going for. This probably means a Frankie Montas is on the way to being traded. Maybe some bullpen guy that I'm not totally familiar with, but they've gotten rid of everybody. I mean, just a clean sweep. Clean sweep all the way around. And with Sean Manaya, I do think that as a guy who's slotted to potentially be your fourth or fifth starter, this is a great move for the Padres. And don't get me wrong, I get it. Preller has lost a lot of trades before. He tends to have, at least in the last few years, traded high on guys, right? Let's just break it down. Adam Frazier, leading the National League in batting average, one of the, you know, really great at uh, getting on base. He's an NL All-Star, even though it did come kind of come out of nowhere, and he might have just had a first half. And then, of course, with the Padres, he falls off significantly. Blake Snell makes all the headlines, right? He makes all the headlines in the World Series. He gets pulled from the game, and he's protesting. They trade high on him, giving up Luis Patino, a prospect that I really like that the Padres have, even if he hasn't quite broken out yet. Still super young, has plenty of potential for the future. They trade high on him, and with the exception of a really great August, where he was one of the top pitchers in terms of strikeout rate, really, really disappointing season for Blake Snell. I mean, he turned me into Joker. Uh, for a long time listeners of the podcast when if you guys remember me doing all my videos and whatnot and then you have you darvish who was great in the first half unlike snell he was great in the first half and then ever since the sticky stuff ban you've probably seen the slander he fell off dramatically had a couple really nice starts for the team down the stretch which does give me hope when he started really well against the dodgers when he started really well against the cardinals when they really needed a good start he did come through so we're hoping that he comes through but they did give up a lot for him, considering he had one of the lower ERAs over the past two years. From 2020 and the second half of 2019, he was dominant. One of the 10 best pitchers, probably, in baseball. So, that's just a reflection of Prowler has had a lot of situations where he's traded high on a guy. And Sean Manaya, not necessarily a superstar ace, but he's been really good. But it is also true. 194 strikeouts for the season. That's really good. Not walking too many batters. Not issuing many free passes. Has really good control. He has a sinker that he uses 60% of the time. Which is a rare new pitch for Padres rotation guys. Uh, in my opinion. We seem to have a bunch of people who have a, an amazing slider. So at least it's a little bit something different. He throws that about 60% of the time. And then he's got a curveball and a changeup that are absolutely lethal. Uh, when used properly. Uh, that he throws the rest of the time. You know, batting averages around 220 against both of those pitches. So, you know, that's what we're expecting about Sean Manai. And most importantly, like I said, with the health, they need innings eaters. This is a big thing that happened last year. And that's why I think this is a big, the big reason that the Padres win the trade. If this is your fourth or fifth starter, Sean Manaya, I think that's big time, especially considering that you didn't have to give up all that much for him in Uribeel Angeles. Wishing him the best. Hopefully he's great. Sick name. Uh, and he might be awesome. But considering all of that, 
yes, maybe they, you know, you're, you're going for a guy who just had his peak season, and we might be worried about that at 29 years old, but even still, there's room to improve, I think, for Minaya if he could keep down some of the hard contact stuff with him. I know some of the advanced stats, and some people are going to look at his stat cast profile and say, oh, look, there's a lot of blue here. I get it, but stat cast profiles don't tell you the whole story, guys, of what someone's going to do in the future. So hopefully he can be a big contributor. But there's a lot more to this trade that has to do with the Padres rotation that we got to get into. But before we get into it, guys, before we get into it, really quickly, let me tell you about Bet Online. Right? Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, guys, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. I imagine they got you covered with some of that old championship Monday by the time you guys are watching this. That Villanova UNC game? Dynamite. Don't you love when a game comes through? God, I love it when it comes through and lives up to the hype. Uh, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. I got to calm down a little bit. If you guys couldn't tell, I'm really excited because AJ probably, you know, I'm not begging him to kill me. Because the last time I kept begging him to kill me as a bit in increasingly ridiculous ways, the Padres kept falling down. You know what I mean? And that's just what kept happening, even if it is funny. I did do it on Twitter and whatnot, but uh, even still. Let's talk about um, the rest of the rotation now. Um, I'm going to be doing an episode later, Louis, about this. But the big thing about this trade is that the Padres now have a whole lot of arms, right? You've got you Darvish, like I said. You have Blake Snell. You have Joe Musgrove. You have Mike Clevenger. Now you have Sean Maniah. And then that also leaves some other guys that are in the fold, right? Big-time assets that are pitchers. Denelson Lament, even though he isn't healthy, uh, still Maybe. We don't know for sure yet what's going on there, but that's a name. But more importantly, you have Nick Martinez, Mackenzie Gore, Ryan Weathers, and Chris Paddock, all people that have been competing for that fifth spot. Does it mean that the Padres could be heading for a six-man rotation? Totally possible. I mean, Bob Melvin did hint about that not too long ago, uh, especially after Mackenzie Gore kept looking like just dominant. Just absolutely dominant. The rotation was good. The leg kick wasn't all that aggressive. He looked great pitching and spring training this offseason. Which, granted, uh, it was spring training. But nonetheless, it at least raised the question. This is going to raise the question even more if the Padres go to a six-man rotation. And now everyone's wondering. Or, more likely, does this mean another trade is happening, right? And we're going to get into, uh, you know, the trade for the first baseman later. But I do want to point out, unfortunately... Hate to damper the mood, but Mike Clevenger, from what we've been, what has been reported, is expected to probably require an IL stint to begin the season. I know, I know, what the heck, man. This is probably why they made the deal for Manaya, who you know, I'm hoping that he's going to be great, but this is probably why, and it stinks yet again. The Padres getting screwed with injury luck. It happened in the playoffs with both Clevenger and Denelson Met not too long ago, and then you had A.J. Mojahon, and then you had, hey, even when Blake Snell was great, he then gets hurt, of course, like, you had some tightness with you, Darvish, a lot of injury problems with the Padres rotation, which is unfortunate. But here's the thing, here's the thing, I know a lot of people are expecting that another move might be on the way, and it very well could be, it very well could be, because with this surplus of arms, there are teams out there like the Mets, who we'll be talking about soon. Again, I keep teasing it, but like the Mets, who are probably looking for some starting pitching aid, right? And Chris Paddock, while not incredible, and don't get me wrong, I've always complained about how straight the fastball is and all that, but 
there's still a lot of potential for him in my opinion because he doesn't have a high walk rate and he has decent control and that change up at time has been at times has been great but i don't necessarily know if we should be 100% it's possible it's possible this means the Padres might re-engage talks on Brian Reynolds, who we talked about in Friday's episode. You guys can go check that out. Maybe they're going to include Weathers and Paddock and a prospect. We don't know for sure. It does lead me to believe, given that uh, Prowler is a madman, that we should expect another move with all the surplus of pitching. But I don't necessarily know if they should. And here's why. You'll be wondering, what the heck, man? We can't start all these guys. My thing is, two things. One, I just mentioned Lament. Maybe he's a long-inning reliever. Maybe he's a bullpen guy. We want to make sure that we have some good bullpen guys, right? Chris Paddock, he could be a bullpen guy. Heck, um, McKenzie, no, McKenzie Gore's a starter, but you get what I'm saying. Ryan Weathers and Paddock and all those guys, maybe they can be, you know, sort of bullpen guys. It's nice to have depth, whether it be bullpen or just starting pitching, because last year that really hurt the Padres. So I wouldn't be rushing if I'm a Padres fan to be like, all right, that means we got to get rid of these guys. Maybe, maybe, if you can for the right price, I definitely could see AJ Peller doing that because, after all, he is a madman. But the other thing other than depth is this, all right? This is kind of the the the, the sobering fact about this trade. Shamanai is a free agent after this season. He's owed about $10 million, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. I don't have it in front of me. Um, uh, for the season, which doesn't matter because he's entering free agency, so that's fine. But not only is Shamanai a free agent, but so is Joe Musgrove and so is Mike Clevenger. So that means that as of right now, the only people on the books for next season would be you Darvish, Blake Snell, Nick Martinez, maybe, I mean, he could opt out if he has a great year and he wants to go get more money. That's possible. And then you have Ryan Weathers. Lament, like you see what I'm saying? It, it all of a sudden, a lot more thin, right? I know that we've all kind of like pushed this to the side and we just want the Padres to go sign Castellanos, keep signing people. But I have to imagine that the fact that they have some key people in their rotation entering free agency, that might be why they want to be careful with the amount of money that they're spending because they're already up there in payroll. And they might say, well, we've got a lot of pitchers heading into free agency. Would you rather keep Joe Musgrove or pay a whole lot for Nick Castellanos, right? That might be the the type of decisions that the front office and AJ Preller were mulling over this offseason. So... You know, we'll have to see, but those three guys all going to be free agents. So be careful, guys. Be careful what you wish for. It could be interesting. And with Clevenger heading on the IL, maybe it's possible that he's not going to command nearly as much of a price. But hey, we just saw what happened with Carlos Rodon. He was injury prone, but then he got that two year, what was it like, 30 million deal? I forgot what he got from the Giants. And I think he's going to be awesome, but we'll have to see how he performs or whatnot. But, um, you know, that is a key, key, key thing that I think not enough people have been talked about. I still love the trade. I still like that they said, all right, we need to get a replacement for right now and a guy that our manager loves, right? There has to be, they had to have talked to uh, Bob Melvin about this, right? And I 100% feel that. But also, keep in mind that the Padres do have some expirings uh, in their starting pitching rotation. We wish that the first baseman was maybe an expiring contract, but he isn't, unfortunately. So you have to keep that in mind. The Padres still have a very weird roster that they have to navigate, even if you're really excited about the Shamanaya acquisition. Then the other thing I want to point out, with the trade, Mackenzie Gore has been so dominant, and because of this free agent surplus, that is why I absolutely do not want to trade him. I have been so adamant on this podcast. Even when he was awful and had like a six ERA, whatever it was, and some of those triple AAA starts, right? When he had no control, he was walking people all the time. The velocity was fine and all that, but he was just walking guys. He didn't look like himself. All right. Even then, I was like, don't trade him. You know why? Because you'd be selling low, and I don't like selling low on a guy that was being called Clayton Kershaw just five months ago, right? 
I just do not like that. With all these free agents heading in, wouldn't you rather know that at least you have that upside ceiling pick on top of Darvish and Snell, you know, guys that we're going to see how they perform this year, but wouldn't you rather have Mackenzie Gore as like a surefire, like, yeah, that that's our guy. We have him under control, and if he's great, then that can save our rotation instead of us having to feel like we have to go out and spend a whole lot of money and further constrict the roster for years to come. I really, at this point, because of the Mania acquisition, I'm just so hesitant to trade Mackenzie Gore. I really am. I really am. I would rather trade a Robert Hassel and a Luis Campizano for Brian Reynolds if they still want to do that. And again, I've said, like I said on Friday's episode, not necessarily sure we want to do that. You're getting rid of more assets, right? And I'm cool with these minor trades. That's one thing. While Preller has traded in the past for people who have just come off peak seasons and you know it's been hit or miss, I will say he has been good at those under-the-radar moves. Luke Voigt, love that pickup, right? He was awesome. Mark Melanson, love that he signed him very sneakily, coming off a good season with Atlanta to replace Trevor Rosenthal for a lot less money. Love the trade. Obviously, for Joe Musgrove, he was awesome. He's very good at these kind of like lower tier moves. Has been a little bit swing and miss. He's been a little bit of a, you know, a little Javi baez when it comes to the kind of big, big, big time moves. Right? So the under the radar stuff is what I like Preller for. He's definitely hit on a lot of those. But that would be my thing. My takeaway from this is love the trade in a vacuum. Like that you're getting a really, again, as a number five starter potentially on your team. That is Excellent, excellent, excellent for the San Diego Padres. Excellent. Absolutely. In a vacuum, absolutely. But because him, Clevenger, and Joe Musgrove are free agents, it makes me want to say, don't trade Gore, man. I just, I like his upside. I don't want to do it. And Nick Martinez, if he's really awesome, could opt out of his contract. And I've left the door open for that. He could be great, but it's possible that he opts out. Or then he just opts back in, and then we pay him another year. Like So that's the big thing that you have to keep in mind. The Padres rotation could look a lot different in years to come, and I'd love to have a young potential stud to anchor that rotation for years to come. So that's my other reaction to the trade. But now that we've talked a lot about Sean Manai, I'm so excited to see him. He's actually, um, by the time you guys are listening to this, he's pitching in a spring training game. Uh, yesterday, he would have pitched in a spring training game, so that should be a lot of fun. It shows you that they probably knew that Mike Clevenger was hurt and heading to the IL, right? So that's a thing to bring up. But before we talk about the rest of that stuff, and most importantly, the trade involving the first baseman who must not be named, guys, let me quickly mention to you something that is objectively that you got to go for, right? I don't care what it takes. You got to go for these things, man. They are the best protein bars in all the land, guys. Built Bars. I love these damn things. I'm talking about them for months. And what I love about them is they are healthy for you. Of course, they are protein bars. Check out the macros. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, and you are rolling ladies and gentlemen. And on top of that, on top of that, the flavors, baby. You got to have flavor. You got to have variety. They've got cookies and cream. They've got peanut butter brownie. They've got coconut, coconut almonds, mint brownie. They've got uh, apple almond crisp, your boy's favorite. They've got gingerbread. They've got all sorts of flavors to no matter what your kind of taste, your mood is, man. They got you covered. They got you covered there. And because you're listening to this podcast, we got you covered with a deal. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Woo! All right, ladies and gentlemen. 
Let's talk about it. This weekend, the Shamanaya thing did salvage the weekend. But man, was I miserable. I became the Joker. I really did. Because once again, the Padres were rumored talking about a deal involving the much maligned first baseman, arguably one of the most maligned players that the franchise has seen in decades. Granted, I've been following the Padres for, you know, pre-2000s and all that, but really a maligned player. It was reported by a whole bunch of people. A whole bunch of people, or at least talked about by a whole bunch of people, including John Haymans, you know, Joel Sherman, Ken Rosenthal, Andy McCullough, who I've had on this podcast before, guys, uh, Dennis Lynn from The Athletic, that there was a deal involving the Padres' first baseman, Chris Paddock, Amelia Pagan, and $25 million going to the Mets in exchange for Dom Smith. Now, there's a lot to mull over about that, right? And granted, this deal didn't actually happen, so I'm not going to talk too much about it in the sense of how great it would have been for the team. But a flyer on Dom Smith in exchange for shedding the contract of the first baseman that plays for the Padres, who must not be named, love it. Dom Smith, not totally sure he's good, not totally sure he's an everyday player because he struggles to hit uh, both righties and lefties. Um, so that's a big thing. I think he had a 625 OPS against lefties um, this past year, and he basically just couldn't play against. He couldn't you know, hit against them. But as a flyer, I would more than be happy to take Dom Smith in exchange to get rid of this. And the Padres would basically m- make their contract how much they're paying for Eric Hosmer around the $6 million range, making it a lot easier to digest, especially for these next four years. And then most importantly, you get to maybe upgrade at first base. You don't have this block, this person blocking the way, I guess you should, you could say. Then, of course, it was later reported that the deal was off. It wasn't happening. Uh, you know, first baseman isn't going anywhere. There was some reports saying, oh, well, uh, you know, he was in the front office for like an hour and then he came back down on the field and players were kind of rejoicing and all that. And I do want to talk about a couple things. Firstly, with the players rejoicing, um, look, with, with, I know that people have complained a lot. I know Kevin Acey put out an article that unfortunately I ran out of free articles for the month, but he did talk about, you know, Quotes from a lot of important people. I know Will Myers had a, a quote about it, how they were happy he was staying there. And a lot of people are saying, oh, does this mean that Padres, they, they, they just don't care about winning? It's like, well, I think that what it actually shows is that there's a huge disconnect between the front office and the players, right? Because you don't have people so publicly talking about this guy who, objectively speaking, has been atrocious as a San Diego Padre. About a half war he's given you over the course of four years, about a half war. And that half war came in like the 2020 season when he finally decided to launch balls into the air and hit more line drives and stuff like that, right? I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to stick up for your teammate. Let me be very clear on that. But it does show you that if the teammates are ready to object, I think that it says a whole lot about where this front office is with the rest of the team. And that's no good. It's no good. No good at all. No good. So I'm very disappointed about that. Uh, and that will be, you know, something I talk about later this week with my buddy Miller Thomas. We'll get to that in a second. And the other thing is that why does this always keep happening to the Padres, right? It started with Max Scherzer being reported by Ken Rosenthal as a deal being close for him. That was going to be amazing. I was losing my mind on Twitter. And then I had to post the Spider-Man meme of him walking through destruction and sadness. Um, just, I'd rather come and last. That whole, that whole ridiculous thing. That was really bad. And they've just become the Boston Celtics lately. What do I mean by that? Is there a team that is rumored for everybody and then doesn't come in? Granted, unlike the Celtics, the Padres actually earn that because they have traded for people. Unlike the Boston Celtics, you guys know I hate Boston, but unlike them, they have never traded for anybody. 
Their like only big time deal was like Kyrie, who then left after a year, and then Gordon Hayward and all that stuff, right? So they were t- tagged in everybody. We get tagged in everybody because we actually have made moves before. But it's been frustrating that they've seemingly been in on everyone, right? They were in on Joey Gallo for a little bit. He ends up on the Yankees, right? And then Scherzer, who I just mentioned before, Freddie Freeman is someone that the Padres are talking about, right? And every first baseman for the Padres, who must not be named rumor, for everybody, right? They're in those all the time. And then you've got Brian Reynolds, who they've been in on. Uh, Nelson Cruz, who was said to be the Dodgers or the Padres. Then he goes to the Nationals. Luis Castillo. They've been rumored for everybody. Maybe even Matt Olson, I'm pretty sure, was out there, right? And that's what I think is what's been frustrating a lot of people. Granted, would I have loved if this trade went through? Yes, because I would have loved taking the flyer. Amelia Pagan, Chris Paddock. I think Pagan might have a little bit of a better year, maybe, if he could just keep the fly balls a little bit down. But with Chris Paddock, I like the guy. I think that he, as a back-end rotation guy, there's still some potential. I like the way he locates pitches. And, you know, I know if you pull up his stat cast profile, it doesn't look all that great. But, you know, he could do better as a change of scenery guy. And I like Dom Smith. But bottom line is this, is I really do believe that there isn't really a deal out there for this guy. I just don't believe so. And I know that he has also a no-trade clause, so he, which is another insane thing. To be honest, I even forgot about that. I cover this team, and I even forgot that they somehow also gave him a no-trade clause. So he would have to... Now, granted, it is possible that um, our first baseman, maybe he... You know, he wants to probably get out because if the front office wants to trade him so badly, I would imagine that doesn't feel very good. And you probably want to get out of there, too, um, because it just doesn't feel well, especially since it's not affecting the money income. But again, who knows? Um, Another thing to point out about this is I just think at this point we have to realize if this didn't go through, right? If this didn't go through, unless we have something in the mend. Granted, by the time I finish recording this, another deal could happen. We do have the pitching depth. I think they just have to accept that this is your first baseman for a while. Maybe you can buy him out in the fourth year or the last two years or something like that to ease the burden and make it that the front office can actually maneuver around and you know move Jay Cronin with the first or what have you. But for right now, it's just not happening. You have to hope that the Padres' first baseman, that he does one of those every other year things. If you look at his career, his entire career, he has literally never had two consecutive years of being a dominant first baseman. Right. If you look at his slash line, just stuff like that, he has never had it. Never. Um, his and this might be the year that he's due for a good season. Let's just let me just bring this up really quickly to remind people. In 2011, when he debuted, 293 average with a 334 on base, not terrible for a rookie whatsoever. And then 19 bombs, that's pretty good for a rookie. Then year after that, 232 average with a 304 on base, that is very not good in 152 games. Year after that, 302, 353. That's great. All right, he's on the mend. This is a top-level prospect. He's coming. Year after that, 273.18. What the heck is going on, right? Then 2015, 297.263. Awesome. He's doing a lot better, right? He had 18 home runs, just a good slash line overall. Year after that, 266.328. And then the year after that, the last year as a Kansas City Royal, before he gets that massive contract from the Padres, 318.385 right? He's been every other year except for with the Padres where it was two consecutive bad years. And then in 2020, when he lifted the ball a little bit, albeit in just 38 games, he was a lot better. So you just have to hope that he bounces back. I have said on this podcast, and I said this with the Brian Reynolds thing, I've said it a lot. I do not believe getting rid of this guy is worth 
destroying what farm you have left, what assets you have left. There is barely any team. Maybe you can swindle a team that's made a lot of bad deals recently, like the Colorado Rockies, into doing this, even if they have C.J. Crone over at first. Maybe they figure, oh, we'll have C.J. Crone bat the H. I don't know. But it's probably not going to happen, especially since the Mets ended up not pulling the trigger on this. It was really heartbreaking. And again, I know. It's frustrating that this keeps happening to us, that every time there's some good news, it just comes back to bite us. Even with the Shamanayam news that Mike Clevenger might be heading to the aisle, a trade that I think probably gets way too much flack for because of giving up Kyle Quantrill. But my thing is, yeah, but if he was healthy, you have to get give up good players to get good players. Mike Clevenger's not healthy, and that's not necessarily something that you can predict, right? So, again... Uh, those are my thoughts on all of that. A crazy weekend to be sure. Very excited to see Shamanaya play. One thing I like about him, though, he does have a gamer attitude to him. He led the league, I believe, in complete games, or at least the American League, uh, last year with about six, five or six, I believe. He has those games where he balls out, and I do like that, and I do think there's a little bit of room to improve. He's not 35. I'm saying he's entering a contract year. That could also, I talked about the contract things. Maybe that means that we might, I know that contract year, Belief isn't necessarily been proven by data to always mean that they're going to get their best performance out before they get paid, but at least means that they're motivated to, right? Shamanaya, Musgrove, and Mike Clevenger, they at least definitely want to get paid and have a big deal, so hopefully they give us big years. We'll have to see, but either way, Shamanaya is a padre. Very exciting, I think, in a vacuum right now that makes the team a lot better. As your fourth, fifth starter, it's a banger, even if we didn't get the big trade that we all wanted to uh, with the Padres' first baseman, who must not be named. But yeah, guys, that's basically all my thoughts on that. Let me just quickly tease uh, for you guys. Go check out Locked On MLB with Paul Francis Please call him Sully, though, uh, where he talks about Major League's both past and present. He's giving his take on the Sean Manaya deal right now. So go check that out. It's a goodie. Um, and in terms of the future of this podcast, you guys have a lot to look forward to, man. All right. Tomorrow. We're doing an NL West roundtable with every National League West locked on host. Miller Thomas, Ben Kaspik, Jeff Snyder, Paul Holden, Rockies, Giants, Dodgers, and Diamondbacks. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's a huge, chunky boy pod that's wound up for you guys. Talking about the whole season and all of our predictions. That's going to be fun. On Wednesday, I'm talking with Miller Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks about A.J. Preller and just kind of the Padres offseason review. He basically just grills me with a bunch of questions. We recorded this before the Mania trade actually went down, but even still, we talk about is AJ Preller on the hot seat is he it's a question that I hadn't actually thought of so we're gonna be talking about that look forward to that Wednesday and then Thursday for opening day I want to do a breakdown of all the rotations in the National League list especially with this trade having gone through now gonna rank which ones I think are the best are they better than Dodgers now Giants I don't know you'll have to wait to see and then on Friday gonna be recapping of course opening day with the Padres which should be a lot of fun and you Darvish's first start against the D-backs it's gonna be a blast guys we're in opening week and I cannot wait to talk Padres baseball with you guys all season and with that being said that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. You know, be sure to do that. Please do. And follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Subscribe to the pod on YouTube, Lockdown Padres, at LO underscore Padres. You guys know the drill. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prime faithful homies, take care.